0: This is the Bouquet Toss podcast brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Bouquet Toss. Today's topic is eloping. Elopements have always been a thing, but they've definitely become more normalized and an even bigger trend over the last year. There are so many pros when it comes to eloping, especially when it comes to budget conscious couples. So we're really excited today to have Janessa White from Simply Eloped on to talk all things elopements.
1: Hey Janessa. Hello, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. I'm just going to read a quick intro to let our listeners know a little bit more about you. So Janessa White had a multifaceted and multi-talented background that led her to where she is today. She grew up doing theater and actually got a degree in theater from Boise State and even started her own theater company at one point. She also has a background in event coordination, which she got exposed to via her mother, and she's worked in restaurants and catering. So she's honestly seen many sides of the wedding industry at this point. So it made perfect sense that she would go on to found her own wedding planning company. Janessa is the co-founder and co-CEO of Simply Eloped, which aims to make weddings easy to plan, affordable and stress free. All Things We Love. She's been featured in major press outlets like The Cut, Brides, Wired, Insider, The Wall Street Journal, and more for helping over 7,000 ceremonies across the country. And the company Simply Elope turns five this June, so they love bringing elopement happiness into the world. And we're so excited to chat more all about elopements today. My favorite topic.
0: (laughs) So what is it about elopements that A, makes it your favorite topic, and B, made you wanna pursue it professionally.
1: Well, I'll be honest, like we kind of stumbled into it. So, my romantic partner, Matthew Daly, he has a background in digital marketing. And through a series of events, he saw a gap in the market and uh, really, really believed in the idea of elopements. And so, with no background in weddings or event coordination or any of that stuff, he just had kind of like an itch to get something started. This was about six years ago and tried to do it on his own. It didn't go well. My, my favorite joke is like, you know, boys, starting a wedding company for <laughs> you know a demographic that's predominantly women generally isn't going to go very well um, and it didn't. So I saw him really wrestling with it and struggling with it, and I had just quit my long-time job. I was like starting all these projects, trying to start my own business, did a whole bunch of stuff that flopped dramatically, but I had a fun time, you know, doing it. And finally, I was like, you know, I think I have the skills that you need to get this off the ground. Like, what if we just try working together? Now, mind you, we'd been dating like a year at that point. And so, you know, both of us are kind of like scratching our heads, like, do we really want to make this commitment to each other? (laughs) Uh, We're pretty fresh. But... We decided to to take the leap and a month later we had our first customer. It was kind of just like falling into it and became something that I was passionate about. Wasn't something I was initially passionate about, but over the course of, you know, the almost five years we've been in business, I've just come to feel like I have the best job on the planet. We get to solve a problem that I think is a huge problem, which is you know, we're kind of stripping away the layers of what the industrialized wedding society has imposed upon us, that weddings should be stressful, weddings should be costly, weddings need to have hundreds of people there and zap your savings. And, you know, it's just so crazy, like what is synonymous with wedding. And so it's been really exciting to me to be an aha moment for people of like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I could do this. I thought it was either courthouse wedding, which sounded really cold and impersonal and low quality, or a $40,000 wedding. So it's been really, really delightful for me to be like, there is a third option and it is cross-conscious and it is stunning and it is meaningful and it is high quality and you can make it whatever you want it to be.
0: I love that you phrased it that way because that is similarly what Budgets Have Bride is built upon. And specifically with the podcast, what we see so much is that couples are asking for permission to do things differently. There's all of these wedding traditions that we know about that we've seen countless other people partake in. And there's a lot of pressure to do it. It feels like that's what we do. And like, we kind of just Go ahead with it because other people do without questioning what these things mean why we're actually you know spending that money and being able to prioritize what is actually important to you about the act of getting married and looking at your budget and saying what do we feel comfortable actually allocating to this event is so important so We love that you're looking at it that way. And we're on a mission, I think, similarly, um, to take the stigma, I guess, out of this idea of elopements. I think you could probably talk to it a bit more, but it feels like a lot of people associate it with like a very quick rush decision, you know, like a dirty midnight wedding with Elvis in Vegas, (laughs) something that like maybe is out of necessity because like something in your life is being rushed rather than an actual First choice. And we're very, very passionate about illuminating why this is such a valuable first choice option for people. So, can you talk a little bit more about what you see in terms of like
1: stigmas about eloping? I actually love this topic. I don't think that there's many terms that like we witness evolve in a lifetime. Like most words, you know, they might have like a few meanings, but for the most part, like when I say a word, you usually know what I'm saying. With the term elopement, I do feel like there's a generational gap that like in the fifties, it meant getting hitched. It did mean shotgun wedding. It meant they were hiding from the parents. She was pregnant. Like, you know, whatever the story was, it did have an element of like shame and guilt and secrecy to it. You know, I do talk to a lot of, of people that still kind of ascertain that definition onto the word allotment. But what's really interesting is even pre-pandemic, I witnessed the term evolving on its own. It started to mean outdoors, it started to mean intimate, cost conscious and it felt like the, the term was doing that kind of on its own. Um, and so, yeah, during the pandemic, uh, I, I witnessed like the shackles kind of being broken off from an industrial standpoint, from like a a cultural standpoint, that it did feel like a lot of people were being illuminated to this idea because there was really no other option. I can say with confidence that I'm not glad the pandemic happened, but one silver lining that came out of it is I think that exactly like you said, people felt like they had the permission finally to embark upon an adventure that was suited to their relationship, tailored to their love, as opposed to societal expectations. Because, you know, even if mom wants you to have a 200 person wedding. Well, last year, you just couldn't, you know, so you're either going to press hold on your plans, or you're going to get creative. And I I saw a lot of people get creative.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like, if you actually look at the definition of elopement, Merriam-Webster defines elopement as secretly running away with the intention of getting married without parental consent. And it's just like, wow, Right and it's, it's so far from that now and another term we always like to use is micro wedding. and to me, I feel like they kind of are synonymous to me like an elopement and a micro wedding in the sense that like it's just a uh, maybe a pared down wedding in some way, right? It's not in all the ways it doesn't mean that it's just partner one and partner two. there can still be a lot more to it. It's still a wedding. So I'm curious like what your', professional opinion is on a distinction between an
1: elopement and a micro wedding? I actually talk about this a lot um, because that is a term that's emerged over the past, you know, I'd say like five-ish years. To us, an elopement is defined as 20 guests or less. At our company, that's how we define it because something that we were very mindful about early on is that we felt like by just defining an elope with the two of you, like we are leaving out a really important component, which I think is your clan. You know, I think most of us want to be surrounded by loved ones when we're having this important moment. A micro wedding, we define as more in the like 50 to 80. Um, So much, much larger than what Simply Eloped is performing. And I will say that like when I break down budget for people, you know, the average package at Simply Eloped is like less than a grand. Uh, The average budget for a micro wedding, what I usually advise is like in the $10,000 range. So even that number can still be scary to people. And just like you said, I always encourage people like take a look at your budget, take a look at what's realistic, you know, maybe like have a conversation about what you would do with that money if you weren't doing a micro wedding or a larger wedding and determine, like, where your priorities are. Because there are some people, I'll be honest with you, I think eloping would be a mistake. I think a micro-wedding would be a mistake. I think they would really regret it because it's important to them to have 100, 200 people there for this big day that's never going to happen again, you know? And I have a lot of friends that I've had that conversation with. Like, when you envision your day, who do you see with you? How do you see it structured? Do you want a huge party? Like, don't, like, rip yourself of that opportunity just because of, finances, like there's a lot of creative ways. There's companies that now do like wedding loans and, you know, I know parents are still pitching in. So, I mean, there's so many creative ways to like have a large wedding if you want one. I don't know. It's kind of kind of my soapbox. I don't think a is things for everybody.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it's super important to ask yourselves those questions, you know, as a couple. And that's something that actually is the entire first chapter of my book, The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. It really goes deep into those questions. Like, how do you want to feel on your wedding day? Who do you want around you? What do you want to see? You know, all these questions like kind of help build that overall vision for the celebration that you and your partner both want and help identify those areas that are high priorities to you so you can find ways to cut back in the areas that maybe aren't as important. Going back to something you said earlier, I think a lot of couples feel pressured sometimes by family and friends to have something bigger than they maybe can actually afford realistically. So getting really clear on like what actually matters to the two of you is so so important in making these decisions whether it's big or small whether it's like outdoor indoor or destination or local you know all those all those things definitely come into play and it takes having those conversations and asking those questions to really break it all down
1: yeah a super nuanced piece of this conversation is as i you know I, i hear um wedding professionals talk a lot about like the pressures of family to have a wedding that is or is not in line with their vision. But what's really interesting is I see couples disagree a lot. And that's like a a harder, more nuanced spot. Ironically, like you would think that, the girl would want the large wedding and the gentleman you know would want an elopement but I see the, the flip-flop a lot of times that the the gentleman is like no I, I prefer different so it, it is really really interesting um, there I mean there's no there's no rules as to what a person's going to want and I, I think that that's probably like the hardest thing is when you feel really strongly about eloping or a large wedding and your partner feels opposite
2: totally i've actually seen some conversations in our community and facebook group and things like that where brides are talking about how their partner wants the bigger celebration just like you said and there seems to be this disconnect from the guy's perspective like they don't really understand the full costs involved and once they get the bigger picture of the costs of that big wedding that they have in their mind then they realize like oh wait maybe we do want to scale this back a bit
0: If you're just getting started with planning your wedding, you absolutely have to pick up a copy of the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. The book is part workbook, part how-to guide, helping you discover what your values truly are so you can plan a wedding that is authentic to you and your partner. From creating your wedding vision, deciding how you'll pay for it, and checking off every detail along the way, this book will help you stay on track and on budget. And at only $7.99 on Amazon, you'll be sure to score tips and ideas that will save you thousands on your big day. Visit TheBudgetSavvyBride.com book to get your copy today. I like that we're talking about it from the standpoint of the pressure might come from within the couple. I think we do kind of look at it as an outside pressure a lot, but it's really important to note that this is going to be something you and your partner have to decide together. And of course, there's a million factors that come into this. But what do you see as the characteristics of a couple for which an elopement really works? What ways are they aligned? What are their values? What are their priorities where they would say, oh, I actually do think eloping is for
1: us? That's a really great question. No one's actually ever asked me that question. I'd say for starters, you know, just like kind of what we've touched on a couple of times, if you can envision your ceremony and see 20 guests or less and feel really excited about that. And, you know, or even just the two of you, like, I think it does come down to like a gut feeling as to like, is that something that I resonate with? Is that something that feels exciting and beautiful to me? Obviously, I think the cost is very attractive to everybody. Even our top package that includes um, everything for, specifically for the ceremony, ranges from $2,500 to $3,500. So, you know, even if you're going to go all out with flowers and hair and makeup, and violinists and all that jazz, it still isn't going to break the bank for a lot of people. So I do think the cost can be attractive. But again, like I wouldn't ever encourage someone that if that first piece isn't in place to like go after that just for the pricing. Um, Also, you know, I think that something that I've been really excited about in the last year is how creative couples are getting. Whether it's like elope now, have a large wedding later, elope now, have a reception later, you know, have a backyard ceremony with 20, 30 of your favorite people and and then do something fun at a later date. Or just eloping and then announcing it and or virtual ceremonies. I mean, there's just so many creative solutions lately uh, that have been really, really exciting for me. And, and my most favorite piece of all of this is I feel like couples are getting really, really down to like what they want together and making that decision and getting creative. And so that's like my favorite piece, like no matter how you have your ceremony, whether it is Zoom, which you'd be shocked at how meaningful those ceremonies are that we've done on Zoom. You know, I think that it really comes down to like, remembering it and being excited about it and it being like meaningful and something that you're like i really really enjoyed that day i wish we could do that day again so no matter how that looks um i really think it just comes down to like what do you envision you know because we are limited in a lot of places that we perform ceremonies on guest count so for instance one of the most popular places that we perform ceremonies is 3m curb in rocky mountain national park well they only allow us to have 15 people tops that includes the couple and the vendors. So really you're looking at 10 guests, not 20. And there's also restrictions. Like, you know, we're seeing a lot of grandparents that can't travel right now, even as the world is starting to open back up. Um, There are a lot of spots that just aren't appropriate for, you know, people with disabilities or, you know, wheelchair or elderly people that can't walk on like rocky terrain. So there are just like limitations to elopements that are kind of, baked in. And so I think, you know, if you just can't not imagine having grandma beside you, as you exchange your vows, like maybe you should look at a backyard ceremony or traditional venue, you know? So I just think that like, at the end of the day, like every couple is going to be different. Every conversation is going to be different. And you just have to get like super brass tacks. Like what can we compromise on? And what can we absolutely not compromise on? And just be really honest about it. For sure. I find it so
2: difficult, you know, as an expert in the wedding industry to give one-size-fits-all advice, and I feel like that's what people are looking for so often. But I always like to say that, like, every couple, every wedding is kind of like its own unique snowflake because there's such, like, specific sets of circumstances, family expectations, family relationship dynamics budgetary constraints, whatever the case might be, there's so many variables involved. And so it's about like looking at everything and picking the things that are important to you and what actually matters and fitting it all in.
1: That's so interesting. You know, this is a topic I don't actually talk about very often, but with events, like something's going to go wrong. It's an event, like something's not going to match your expectations. And so it's kind of like a different set of what could go wrong. The likeliness of like, Fights happening, people not getting along, like some family drama happening when you have 200 people to, together is like way more likely than if you have 20, you know, but the chance of it raining or snowing on your ceremony day and like, you know, ruining your photos or make your photos better, I think, you know, when you're eloping outdoors is way higher. So I do think it's like, what circumstances are you willing to like take a chance on?
2: It's so true. Like the more people you add to the equation, there's just like more variables and more potential for snafus or drama or things to go wrong, which on a wedding day, like there's going to be something. It might be little, but not everything's going to go 100% according to plan or perfectly. So it's good to be flexible and, and, and prepare yourself for those things. But I do think the larger the event, the more potential for issues there could be. I also think when it comes to big versus small and that whole debate is you really get so much more meaningful time with the guests that are there. You know, I personally, when I got married 12 years ago, I had 150 guests at my wedding and I don't really feel like I got meaningful time to interact with every person who was there. And that's sad to me, you know? And I think with a smaller scaled back group of people, you do get a lot more quality time with the guests that are there.
0: Yeah, and I think we should remember that with that no rule sentiment, if getting quality time with the people that you invite is important to you, that can completely dictate the structure of your wedding. Maybe you have a ceremony and then you take everybody to a really nice dinner. Maybe you have a ceremony and you go on a vacation. You know, there's all of these different things that you can do. To actually maximize the time that you're spending with the people that you love and, you know, in celebration of your union. And speaking of that, I would love to talk a little bit in more detail about specific things like extra little details that you've seen couples do to make it feel more meaningful.
1: I was actually going to transition to that myself because of something that you mentioned. So another thing that I think is really special about elopements, that I just don't think is like really mainstream right now is like how personalized they really can be. One tricky thing with larger ceremonies is that a lot of it is actually abiding by rules, Um, not just like family expectations, but like you have to follow the rules of the venue. You know, the caterers often have really strict rules. Like there's a lot of like, Impositions, terms of agreements that are placed upon you for your ceremony. I find with larger weddings, officiants are far less likely to customize the ceremony. They kind of give you things to choose from um, and then they kind of like create the script based on that. So from top to bottom at Simply Eloped, we make sure that the ceremony is really, really tailored to the couple. And the ways that we do that is for starters, like obviously that's going to start with your ceremony structure. We've seen people that have been super into like Lord of the Rings that have like dressed up, incorporated some of the the language from the books and the movies into their vow exchanges, into their script. They've even like had the officiant kind of like role play a little bit. And so like that's one of my favorite. We also had another one with Star Wars where they, they didn't dress up for the ceremony but they brought like costume items for the portrait session but they had a lot of references baked into their ceremony. So I think that that is actually something that's so important to talk about is like the ceremony really is the heart of what's happening, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yes, an elopement or a wedding is like the weeks leading up to or, you know, the events afterwards. So it is like kind of like a holistic event in that way. But the heart of it is the ceremony. And so finding ways in your vow exchange to personalize, creating a relationship with your officiant and and talking about the things that you're passionate about, the things you want to reference, the inside jokes, all that stuff. I really feel like from top to bottom, you can customize the ceremony and make it your own. Even with traditions. I talk about this a lot. Like, even though you're eloping, are still a lot of traditions that you can pull into that you would think are only made for large weddings. Like I love the walking down the aisle. I love the vow exchange. One of my favorite ones is brain warming. You've got 20 people there, like obviously not during COVID, but uh, pre-COVID or post COVID, like passing the ring around and having everyone like say words over it or say something out loud in support of the, the marriage that's about to happen. So I love the customization of the ceremony. I also love the customization of the portrait session. So you might not be familiar with the area that you're eloping in, that's something that would really, really help, but you might also be eloping somewhere that's super, super special to you, like where you fell in love or your first hike or whatever. We see that a lot too. And so like working with your photographer to maybe reenact some moments or have a personalized portrait session. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but I really think the most beautiful thing about eloping is like infusing meaning into it in a way that I think is really, really hard with a larger wedding. Like it's hard to tell inside jokes in front of 200 people, you know what I mean? And I'll be honest, my relationship is like chock full of them. You know, so if if we had the ceremony of our dreams, like no one would get half the things that were mentioned and that's not fun for them, you know what I mean? So I totally am with you that like, I love the infusion of meaning in whatever the way the couple wants to do, you know, it should be up to them. It's about them.
0: Yeah. And I think another way to think about it is even, you know, there's favors, there's like customized actual like items that you might want to give out. And sometimes that's a stressor for a big wedding because there's hundreds of people. And I think a lot of times people often think that elopements would strip that away but maybe not necessarily. We've seen some really cool things during COVID with Zoom weddings where they created like little packages that were sent to their 10, 15 guests beforehand. So they could get, you know, that custom koozie or (laughs) any of those things actually become easier to do. Like your budget's gonna go further when there's less people to do all of that for. You know, a a budget-heavy option could be having your wedding during lunchtime instead of at night, Because of cost of food. But if you have less people, you can really go for that really nice dinner, maybe that you do envision, but you can't pull off with a certain number of people. There's always things that can be added to the elopement, And rather than feeling like eloping means stripping away, it might actually for you mean adding on.
2: I totally agree with that because when you think about it, when you have that larger guest list, you're spreading your budget farther across those people. And so by having it smaller, you're able to spend a higher amount per guest, thereby like treating them to a nicer experience, more of those special touches, things that make it more meaningful, goodie bags to send them home with, like really extra special touches to make them feel even more loved and special for having been there to share that moment with you. I love a small wedding. I love a micro wedding. I love an elopement. I'm all about it. And I think the pros list
1: is so long at this point, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a a conversation I have a lot with our couples is like, what do you want to splurge on? Because there's so much opportunity. So you gals are not going to believe this reference. So we were just featured in Insider. One of our couples this year during COVID eloped at Last Gulch in Colorado. She spent $17,000 on her dress. And I think on both rings, they spent, like, between fifteen and 18000 each for an elopement. Uh, which I was just like, you go. Like, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know many of our brides that would do that. But, you know, like, that's what you wanted. You knew the dress that you're excited about. You had the budget for it. And that was what was important to this person, you know. And, of course, their photos are just, like, absolutely amazing. The view is amazing. I mean, like, the whole elopement was really stunning. But so I talk about that a lot. Like, choose what you want to splurge on. Are you really excited to go to a spa the day before and then get your hair and makeup done the day of, you know, and just feel like as, as gorgeous as possible, like do that, you know, are you really excited about flowers? Do you want an arch with like a really elaborate decor? And then, you know, a bouquet that matches that like do it like you're absolutely correct. You're not spreading your budget thin. And so I really, really encourage couples, like, splurge where you want to. Like, our photographers are not not spending. I mean, that's part of our value proposition. But do you want a photographer that costs $3,000 for a half day? Like, you know, if you, feel, if you feel good about that, like, do it. And so I, I'm huge on that topic. You know, you are doing something that is meaningful, that is high quality, that is important to you. Don't feel like it has to be under a grand.
0: Yeah, and I really just want to point out, budget is not a dirty word. Budget literally means how you spend your money. It doesn't mean less money. So it could mean less money for you depending on your budget. But budgeting is where you spend your money. So exactly that, like if that's the vision that you have where there's this spa day involved and there's these things that you couldn't then have enough funds elsewhere to allocate to those bigger venues and the bigger costs that come with a huge wedding, then maybe that's how you get it because you've budgeted this amount to that thing that you really want. And then you can budget less to actually getting the, you know, ceremony and reception done if it's a smaller pared down thing. So speaking of budget, I'm curious what you would say is the most affordable option for a venue for eloping. So I know we've touched on a lot of different things, whether you're out hiking, you're like out in the wilderness or you're in a backyard or something like that. If you're someone who's thinking like, I really want to elope, but I'm not sure where or what it should look like. What would you say from the affordability standpoint is a great option?
1: Well, Showstopper, we have free venues. There are a lot of city parks that allow us to do ceremonies with 20 guests or less or like city squares with no cost. So if you're like, oh my gosh I don't have a, a large budget and I really just need to get married in the most cost conscious way possible we have free venues which is really stunning
2: it's such a good point like finding like a low or no cost venue is a huge saver across the board and when you're planning something more intimate and small you don't have to worry about bringing in all the extra vendors to set up like such a big elaborate thing.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that I don't think a lot of people are conscious of with event planning is that when you have larger groups, like you have to have structure involved, you have to have chairs, you know, you have to have a sound system, you have to have bathrooms on site and parking and all that. And that's why venues are important for that because they offer all of that. It's just kind of baked in, right? But that's the beautiful thing about eloping is that you can do it anywhere, but it's also the restricting part about eloping is because, you know, once you have more than 20 guests, you kind of are buttoned up against like, needing some of that infrastructure, which is why we say 20, because you can have a group of 20 together and not feel like you're like stepping over each other to be able to see the ceremony. You really don't need a sound system to hear the couple. But once you get past that, like even 30, 40 can start feeling like you need chairs. You probably need a microphone if you're doing it outdoors. You might need some decor structure, like you need bathrooms on site, you need parking. Like It's just crazy. Like how, like what a fine line that is between like 20 and 30, It's it's a big difference.
2: For sure, like those logistics and structural things definitely start to become an issue.
0: So a segment that we love to do on the bouquet toss is called Keep It or Toss It. And when we started, we were very much talking about traditions where we could say, would you keep the veil or toss the veil, for example. With eloping, I know we're all going to say keep it. We're not tossing this out. But I'm curious, when it comes to specific details, is there something that you can identify as something where you're like, keep this detail, but maybe toss this detail?
1: Um, Keep or toss what your mom wants you to do for your ceremony. Toss it! (laughs) Um, Oh, here's a fun one. A wedding should be stressful. Keep it or toss it. Toss it! (laughs) Um, Your big day should be about the love between you and your partner. Keep it!
0: (laughs) I love this. This is the elopement edition of Keep It or Toss It. (laughs) So weddings should be expensive one time one time big huge expenses toss it, toss it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> pressure from your mom or your aunt or your grandma to do things just because they're traditional
1: toss, toss it, it. Um, <laughs> invite your mother's great aunt because her mother's great aunt would be sad if she didn't come toss it. <laughs>
0: I love this so much because, you know what? We're seeing how many things we can toss by choosing to elope. Here's a
1: fun one. Uh, Receptions have to be in person. Toss it. Oh,
0: good one. So we always like to close out with a fun wedding fact or activity. And so I saw an article from The Knot where they rounded up five of their favorite cities for having a city hall elopement. So I'm going to see if you can guess which five cities were included on their list.
1: Ooh, okay. San Francisco for sure. Yeah. The most stunning city hall of all time. New York City? Yes. Atlanta?
0: Not on this list.
1: Interesting. Uh, their Delcalf Courthouse is really beautiful. Um, Dallas? Not on this list. Shoot. Okay. So important. Um,
0: Think of like warmer weather. Uh, Florida? Yeah. What? What city?
1: Miami? Key West. Really? I was surprised. We're in Key it. West and we don't do them at the city hall. That's really interesting. Okay. So that's three. Oh, Las Vegas. Yeah. But they do them at city hall. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: We've seen some at the, the Vegas city hall. Okay. Fun fact, me... My
2: parents got married in Las Vegas.
1: <gasps> Ew, that yeah. is a fun fact. And they're still married. Okay. Aww. So did you just give me a hint? Is the last one in California as well? Uh-uh. Dang it. Go the other coast. <laughs> Savannah? So Major Northeast. Yeah. I would have never guessed that. Right? I, I would never guess that. that. Okay. I failed. And, There's like some really historical ones in both Atlanta and Dallas, which is why I chose. Um, uh, we actually it's, no. there.
0: Yeah, so, but I will say that the San Francisco City Hall is one we've featured a lot, and it's so so pretty. You can tell that it's that specific place with like the door picture. But it's mm-hmm. so beautiful.
1: Well, and the grand staircase. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. So when you gorgeous. get like the top down photo mm-hmm. on the staircase. Yeah. So, fun fact one of my best friends eloped without my company. She did it in her hometown of Missoula at the City Hall. And they have a really lovely City Hall, like very historical, very beautiful, well lit.
0: Awesome. City Hall elopements,
1: great option totally great option. I'm in support.
0: Well, thank you so much, Janessa. This has been so much fun. Like we said earlier, we're just huge fans of eloping in general, but I think this has been really great to demystify some of what people believe about eloping. So give our listeners an idea of where they can find you and Simply Eloped on the
1: web. Yeah, so simplyelope.com we're really easy to find. I actually encourage everyone to go check it out because we have some really fun tools. We've got our venue finder where you can just peruse our venues. We're actually the first wedding company to launch a self-service booking. So without talking to a sales representative, you can go through and choose your date, your package, based on our calendar of availability. So that is really fun and cool. Um, if you ever wanna interact with me, I'm very active on Twitter. I'm Janessa N. White. On Twitter, and um, yeah, I'm always down to like answer questions. Obviously, very passionate about elopement. So even if you're like, hey, we're on the fence, or you know, we're thinking about this place, I, I have, I'm like a bottomless pit of knowledge.
0: Amazing, that's so generous of you too. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, well, it's so nice to meet you both. Thank you for having me on, and I always love to like part with a a piece of wisdom which we've talked a lot about a lot which is like i just really encourage everyone who's engaged or planning a wedding to just like really sit with themselves and ask, like, is this in my heart what I want? Is this something that in 30 years I'll look back on and feel really, really good about and and think back on in like a really magical, meaningful way? So I'm always an advocate of like whatever it is, however it looks, feels, whatever it costs, um, just make sure that it's in line with something that is going to be meaningful to you. We love that. So well said. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way. We're continuing the discussion in our private community. Join our supportive group of brides-to-be by heading to the slash community. Now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay true to you, and we look forward to chatting again soon.